Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. Some of the most difficult conversations you've got to have is when you say no to them, there's a reason behind you saying no. And it's trying to ensure that you don't blow out that candle of aspiration that they've got for themselves and for the development of the business at the same time. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Phil Glazer. Phil's the Managing Director of BTHS, Bespoke Traffic and Highway Solutions, a company driven by a desire to provide vehicles and products that are focused around safety and quality, and are predominantly used as emergency response vehicles and highways maintenance. Phil's experience within the rental hire and highways industry, combined with his entrepreneurial grit, ensures that BTHS remains one of the Northwest success stories. Phil joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Phil. It's great to have you with us. Thank you. Well, good to see you. I'm looking forward to speaking with you, actually. But can you tell us first a bit about your organisation and what it is that you're working towards, please? Yeah, so um, BTHS, we are um, a specialised vehicle conversion company and a vehicle hiring company. We started initially working within the highways maintenance uh, vehicle sector, building specialised vehicles for traffic management companies, um, Highways England style, you know, subcontractors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also digressed into supplying those vehicles to rent to the customers as well. That has kind of moved our business a little bit. We've kind of diversified a little bit. We still remain with our core, but we also build emergency service vehicles. and Really kind of... Anything that's not what you'd deem to be a normal run-of-the-mill kind of vehicle, really. Okay. okay. And, and so you're almost five years in now? Yeah, we started in April 2018, so we're coming up to our fifth birthday. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and as an organisation, at that stage in, in the life cycle, having just come through the pandemic and everything else that... that the economy is throwing at business leaders at the minute. What kind of challenges are you up against at the minute? We're, we're in a bit of a lucky situation because we're growing exponentially <laughs> and we have done. Yeah. Be that by hook or crook or by complete fluke. The, the challenges for us really are financing that growth. Okay. And people who aren't in a leadership position within a business kind of um, get confused when you say that or when you complain about turnover growth Uh, but the reality of it is cash flowing that can be quite difficult or challenging Um, and I think that will be for for any kind of business that that goes through a substantial amount of growth or or sustained growth it will always be the same problem regardless of what industry you work in because to realize that turnover there has to be an expense in the first part so I think that that is going to be for 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 us and for every other business that grows is probably what I would deem as our our major challenge going forward. And secondary to that is staff, you know, and our working colleagues that work here, trying to find someone that fits the ethos of your business, but also has the skill set that you need as well is quite difficult at the minute. Yeah, absolutely. On a brighter note, though, if you crack those two things, you're absolutely laughing. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bank manager loves you if you find that lot. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But I would imagine it is quite capex intensive for you to be able to grow to, to the extent that it's the demands requiring. Yeah, I mean, without 
without trying to throw figures around, we, we our, our turnovers doubled the kind of in, in, in the four stroke five years that we've been operating as a business, our turnovers doubled yeah. year on year. And that's that's not that's not through the, the through fluke, that's through hard work by everybody who mm-hmm. works here. The fluky element or the lucky element is trying to be able to actually finance that and make sure that there's enough reserve within the business to to hit a sticky point. So mm-hmm. most people within a business will have an idea prior to starting it where their peaks and troughs will be in terms of income and expenditure. But planning that out is vitally important when you're going through a, yeah. going through a stage of growth because one hiccup and the whole, the whole house of cards can come falling down quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as a leader then in that organisation, in an organisation in that situation, what are your challenges? Is it about maintaining that staff momentum when you've got a, a you know, tight turnarounds and you're thin on the ground in terms of team members? Or There's a lot of different expectations that are placed on you as a leader. That's one thing that I've found. This is the first time I've ever run a business. I've ever owned a business. Mm-hmm. And... I think there's many different expectations that are placed upon you because you you are looked at to be the font of all knowledge, but Mm -hmm. you're also the person that quashes people's dreams um, with with an element of reality. So if you've got a really good team around you, which I have, everyone that that, that works here are, are, are brilliant in their own individual, in their own individual aspects. And they all want to aspire and they all want to, to grow themselves and grow the business at the same time. And some of the most yeah. difficult conversations you've got to have is when you say no to them, there's a reason behind you saying no. Yeah. And it's trying to not necessarily burden them with too much of the hierarchical decisions that you're having to make or the knowledge that you've got behind it, but also ensuring that you don't blow out that candle of aspiration that they've got for themselves and for the development of the business at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to give them the why, haven't you? Yeah, it's very easy to become an enemy for the people Mm -hmm. that work for you because, you know, you are are the horrible person that sits in the big office that that makes those decisions that affect their life day in, day out. But there's always a reason behind the decision that you make. And sometimes trying to convey that to people, uh, people who you work with can be quite difficult. And I try to make sure that our our business has, has... is as transparent within the organization as possible so because we we manufacture some large value items to to realize that income there's a cost involved in that to start off with mm-hmm. and to explain that to everybody within the business gives them that kind of buy-in so yeah. they understand that someone's there you know someone's actually making those decisions for the long-term goal for them as an employee and for the business, it goes some way to eradicate that kind of oh he or she in the in the big office is making that decision, but yeah. they they just said no. You know, they, they can't. It helps them a little bit to understand what's going on, and that works from from the the most junior member of staff all the way up to the you know to the board at, at the same time yeah. to, to know why you're making that decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's important because I think as much as you've got all the the plans figured out in your own head and you know the whys and you know the wherefores. I think if, unless the team have got the context, it can be, like you say, you can just be the guy that says no. And it's, it's yeah. almost it's important to over-communicate sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I've got a young lad who works here who is, um, he's never worked in a managerial position whatsoever. And we've given him the opportunity to become um, our workshop manager on one of the shifts here. Yeah. And I mentor him in that process. Um, and I enjoy doing that. But, but part of that is teaching Trying, for me, trying to teach him that understanding that when you're a manager, 
be that a manager of people or a manager of an element within the business or the whole, you know, the directing manager, mm. everyone will hate you and you can't be everyone's friend, <laughs> you know, and it, whether it be you're, you will disappoint, uh, you will disappoint a customer, you will disappoint the supplier and you'll disappoint your members of the members of the members that work for you. Once you kind of overcome that, that, that knowledge that that's going to happen, it's how you mitigate that process. You know, you don't go out there to deliberately do it. Yeah. But you you have to make those binary decisions at some point that will upset yeah. someone. And tr- mentoring that young guy who's who's working in our workshop to say, look, everyone is your friend. Once six o'clock comes, mm-hmm. I'll go and have a round of golf with people that work with me. I'll you know I'll go out and have a little drink with people that work for me. But between the office hours, I, it's horrible this. But I'm not your friend because I will make a decision that will make you not want to be my friend because I'm office Phil. You know I'm working. Uh-huh. For and trying to mentor someone who's moving into a management position to kind of understand that you've got to be hard sometimes to be good, but it's how you convey that message as to the reason you've come to that decision at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the context is key. And and how did your how did your leadership career start then? Was it organic? Was it by design? Were you always wanting to own your own business? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and would you do um, it again? <laughs> people ask me this quite a lot, and. Yeah, it's very difficult in, in the same way when we were talking about turnover to sound ungrateful. I would never change anything, but I would never make the same decisions that I've made when I started doing this business again. Oh, yeah. It's probably the best way. To so yeah. from I, I was in a senior management position um, at a national level for quite a, a period of time. And I made a decision to start a business within this industry because it was the industry that I worked in previously. And we're quite... Mm. As an industry, it's quite insular. It's very closed and it's very old fashioned in terms of it still works on relationships with people and people, are the, uh, it's cliche, people buy from people really does exist. They do this. Yeah. yeah. And I found that when I was working for somebody else at a senior level, I was going to the international and local companies and genuinely promising to provide a product and a service to them that I genuinely thought that I would be be doing and that I wanted to do. And from a senior management point of view, the minute you pass that further down the the chain within the operational organisation, it can get Mm -hmm. diluted. It was affecting my reputation. I'm a kind of person that if I say something that I'm going to do it, I'll I'll die trying to do it. Um, And... I had I, I had that lack of control in the product that I was providing to people, service that I was providing to people. So I just stupidly thought, oh, sod it, I'll do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then I did. Um, and, yeah, I had everyone trying to throw sticks in the spokes of my bicycle as we were riding along in the first two years. And, and like I said before, you know, I'll, I, you know, if I say I'm going to do something, mm-hmm. I will do it to the antique degree and make sure that it's done and it's done right. And just yeah. through determination and, and, and stubbornness, we're, we're kind of here where we are now. <laughs> yeah, that is what it takes sometimes, isn't it? That's often, that's what it takes. And, and from a leadership perspective then, I know you said you, there's some decisions that you wouldn't make again, and I think everybody that's in a leadership position can, can feel that. But if there was sort of a blooper reel of your leadership career, are there any big mistakes that you want to talk about are there any mistakes that you really learned from that you could share with us every mistake is learned from um, mm-hmm. again it sounds again it's going back to sounding cliche but 
it, it, it's not a mistake unless you identify it as being a mistake. And okay. that mistake that you make, you need to identify the processes as to why you made it and how you would change it if you were you were faced with the same choice again. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes, being naive in business, really. Um, I think that that change from taking a salary from a company to being the person that's solely responsible for generating that salary and generating that income is a massive step. Mm-hmm. And you make a lot of mistakes in that process due to pure naivety, really. And there are, yeah, there are certain things and certain things I've said to people, certain ways that that my management style has had to adapt um, where people would report directly to me as the owner of the business rather as a senior manager that I would change. One of the things I try and say to the guys here in, in the office and, and within our, our workshops is everyone makes mistakes and it doesn't matter how much that mistake costs or how much time it costs or how much disruption it causes. Identifying that you've made that mistake and learning about it is great. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some people here make mistakes. We do it daily. Yeah. Um, and what I say to people here is, if you walk into my door with a mistake or a problem and you've identified it as being a mistake, so long as you can justify the decisions and why you got to that position is all that it, it, all that it needs to be. So yeah. if you put your hand in a, in a, a vat of boiling hot water, you've done it for a reason. Why did you do it? It was it a good enough reason to take that risk in the first place, because we can't. We don't work in a risk-averse environment. Um, you know, I wouldn't be here. You know, you probably wouldn't be there, yeah. and everybody else wouldn't be around. And so, so everyone has to take a risk and an element of risk. And at the same time, involved in that risk is the potential to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I like people to be risky in what they're doing, not in terms of health and safety and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, in, terms yeah, yeah. in terms of a development point. And that helps them learn from making yeah. mistakes. And that's how I've I've got to to hear, really. You know, some of the some of the mistakes I've made in the past four or five years have, have cost me friendships, um, have cost me colleagues who who've worked here and have, have cost money but mm-hmm. i can sit back and go i made that decision because of xyz mm-hmm. and now i know it's a mistake i wouldn't do it again you know and yeah. the, you know, it, it's the is it a, a, a fool me once fool me twice kind yeah. of thought process really yeah. but i think be that in a, in a senior management position middle management or, or the early start of a management career in the same way that I was teaching or I'm mentoring our, our, our young manager, that not everyone's going to be your friend. You're also going to make mistakes mm-hmm. and identify why you made those decisions that led to that mistake. And that will help you to learn going forward. Yeah, yeah. There's another cliche for you. If uh, I can't remember who it was that said it, but it was, if you're not making mistakes, you're not moving fast enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's often the case, especially in the early days of business. Like you've just got to get stuck in I mean, and learn and learn and learn and learn. Yeah, you when you look, at, you, you look at all these multi-billion squillionaire tech people, <laughs> you know, yeah. and there's not one of them that won't have um, a biography or a portfolio of a major mistake or a major cock-up, and mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and they're all there. Yeah, um, and it's not 
that there's a there's a lot of value in making mistakes. Um, a lot of learning value. It's, it's just like falling off a bike, isn't it? You, you fall yeah. off, and you, you know, you learn not to pull that front brake as hard as you did do last time, and, yeah. and you crack on. Yeah. Don't stop you from riding your bike like a lunatic, does it? You'll still yeah. do it. <laughs> the, the thing is to have the knee pads and the elbow, elbow pads on and mitigate the risk, isn't it? And exactly, then just, yeah. That's what on. you learn, isn't it? That's, that's, yeah. That is how you learn. Why did I want to ride really fast? Because it's exhilarating, you know, it's exhilarating and it was fun. Right, so how am I going to stop it from hurting so much? Knee pads, helmet, yeah. you know, don't, don't ride on gravel. And it's just, you know, yeah. you can use that analogy for any kind of business decision that you make. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And your leadership style then, where does that come from? Is there a piece of advice that you were given in the early days or people that have influenced you? Where did your style come from? Do as I do um, is my leadership style. Um, mm -hmm. I spent some time in the army when I was younger and it was always a case then of you do as I do. You set an example of a work ethic and you set an example of um, a determination you know, within the workplace. Yeah. And I, I, will, I will never, ever, ever ask anybody who, who, who works here to do something that I won't be prepared to do or that I can do yeah. myself. Now, I understand as the business gets bigger and bigger and bigger, there's a certain element of within an organisation that you can't do yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, be that drawing things on CAD design software or, or yeah. uh, you know, the deep, dark secrets of accounting and all that kind of stuff, you know, where you have to get somebody in that knows knows those dark secrets is probably the best yeah. way, isn't it? Also for the consequences. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But likewise, it's with something like that, you learn as much as you, you, you think you need to learn or you, you can physically yep. to be able to still instruct people on, on how you want them to perform. But I've always, I've always been that kind of person that will never ask never ask somebody to do something unless I would do it myself um, yeah. and lead lead from the front again mm -hmm. everything's full of cliches in this conversation but <laughs> but yeah you set that example so if, if this office here opens at eight o'clock in the morning half seven I'm here this office mm -hmm. shuts at six half six I'm here um, first one in last one out first one to do the job first one to do the best that they can possibly do on that job. Everyone's yeah. abilities are obviously different, but mm -hmm. someone will do the best that you can do. And I think that inspires people, be that if you're um, digging a trench or, or welding a piece of material together, mm -hmm. if the person who's next to you is your, your manager or your leader and they're doing exactly what you're doing and working just as hard as you are, yeah, that inspires people because... You're, you're at their level, you're with them, you know, you're, you're, yeah. the war analogy is you're in the trenches with the boys and, and you know, you're, you're ready to go over the top. And yeah. I think it might be a bit old-fashioned these days, but I just think that kind of, that works. Well, I think I think you've kind of got to balance both. I mean, you've got to lead from the front, but you've also kind of got to empower your team and get behind them. But I think having that approach that you will lead from the front and you don't ask them to do anything you wouldn't do, that is empowering. I think... I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we when we've been here, when we've had some tight, tight deadlines within our workshop, um, and we've we've had to get the guys in on Saturdays to complete vehicles for people. I've been here at six o'clock on a Saturday yeah. with the lads, you know, with my workshop gear, uh, and I've been under vehicles and building these vehicles next to my colleagues because yeah. we're against it. You know, oh, that's what um, it takes. Yeah. yeah, you know, so uh, granted that doesn't always work for, you know, the larger, the, the larger an organisation becomes, I suppose, the more difficult it will be for the leader to do that. But 
I always want to keep in touch with what's going on. And the other thing mm-hmm. with that is it helps you to understand that once you peel back those individual layers between, you know, the guys on the shop floor and uh, and you in your in your glass office, mm-hmm. you're removing those individual links of middle management. So you actually know what, you know, what is the story on the shop floor? Here? Yeah. What can I do to kind of make things a little bit easier if it's buying you a brush or, 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 you know, it could be something so, so, so simple that's swept mm-hmm. to one side that, that most people, you know, wouldn't even consider. But if it saves that guy or, or girl a bit of time, yeah, they've got that opportunity while you're you're working with them to, to say, yeah. yeah, look, have you thought about that? It's like that secret, uh, is it secret boss program or whatever they, they, they had on? Uh, back to the floor thing. Or yeah, thing, yeah. And it, yeah. And, and, it, and it, does, it does work. Um, mm-hmm. Even though I'm only one door away from from people here, it, it it still gives you that opportunity to 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 see what's going on. Yeah, but I think it's also it's the broader impact of people seeing you do that for their colleagues. It's yeah. you know they're seeing that that happens as well as it impacting them. I, if I cast my mind back, and, and often you learn the most from the people that get it wrong. I remember being mid recession, the I think it was the global financial crisis. It was in recruitment at a time when we were all just hammering the phones. It was like 150 calls a week, 150 calls, I can't remember. It was ridiculous. And my manager sat at the end of my desk and said, oh, I couldn't do what you do. <laughs> and just thought, that's not how you do it, is it? No, that's not exactly inspiring you to pick the phone up and do another cold <laughs> call, really, is it? No. Yeah, no. And, no, it, and in it, that it, moment, you sort of swear that you're never going to be that kind of manager or leader. I think you yeah, can learn a lot. I, I think that's another thing. I mean, I when I when I've worked for people and reported into the board, I've uh, yeah, and there'll be loads of managers or, or senior leaders up and down up and down the country or internationally will be sitting there thinking, "What a bunch of idiots! You're not listening to what's being told to you." Uh, you know, in a board meeting from your senior managers and thinking, uh, "But that's you know that that is a mistake that mm-hmm. you you envisage they're making that you are." Uh, you're learning from it, you know, and you're, you're yeah. taking that away. And that is, yeah. listen to people. You know, we did, um, as a business, we did um, um, a promotional video, which we published last, I think it was last week or the week before. I saw, I saw it was really good, really well done. Yeah, and it's about listening. It's about, without without trying to get too much stuck into that video, we, we did an, an original video about who we are to let people know who we are and who we are continuing to be. And part of that is listening to people. When I when I started the business, one of the big things that I wanted to do was on our on our large vehicles that we produce with the arrow boards on that go on the motorways, mm-hmm. you have two elements of buying within that, or, or the customer has two elements of buying it. You've got the guy in the white shirt who's either an accountant or a fleet manager, and then you've got the guy who actually st- sits or stands on the back of that vehicle, mm-hmm. throwing cones out onto, onto the network with... Yeah. You know, vehicles rising past him at 70, 90 mile an hour. Yeah. The guy who's on the back or a girl who's on the back, they want one thing from that vehicle. And the guy who's in, you know, who's yeah. doing the CapEx expenditure wants another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a lot of time going on the network with these guys, throwing these cones around so we could understand what they needed. Mm-hmm. And meeting those two things in the middle it helped us as a business to produce a product that both the white coat guy who's capex expending it, and the yellow yeah. guy, guy who's who's actually working on the vehicle uh, wanted, and that was due mm-hmm. to listening and just listening to our customers, but also we listen to each other here because mm-hmm. not everyone's happy. Um, you know, however much we'll have a laugh, however much we'll be jovial, not everyone's going to be happy, and it doesn't matter whether they're happy Monday to Thursday; they might be on happy Friday, and just oh, listening yeah. to 
people and listening to opinions helps because I found when I was in a senior role, no one would listen. So when I was saying about our reputation, my reputation, trying to trying mm. to provide a product and a service to people, yeah, but it doesn't work like that because we've got this expense, we've got this or this affects it. Yeah, but you're not listening. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you, I'm giving you an issue here that's gonna that's gonna make something bigger. Well, yeah, blah blah blah. No, you're not listening. You're not identifying what you're being told. Yeah, and that works customers, suppliers, uh, you know, yeah. and so on. We were talking about your leadership style, but is there a leader that's influenced you? Past or present, famous or otherwise? Does anyone stand out for you? Um, yeah, a guy, oh, this, it, it, this is going to sound so boyish. There's a There was a programme on a few years ago. Uh, it was called Band of Brothers. And, yes, and, I remember it. And there was the, the, the main kind of leading character in that was played by Damien... I can't remember his second name, but the actual guy he portrays is a guy called Richard Winters. And he was just a normal country-style guy from America who joined this parachuting, um, new kind of parachuting idea for the Second World War. And his leadership style was to lead from the front. And I, I read his own kind of um, notes and things about his yeah, about his military history and his military leadership and stuff like that. And and he he had that compassion that anyone can walk up to him and talk to him in a, in a normal fashion. But likewise, he would stand next to next to someone you know when it when it was all going completely wrong. Yeah. And I think that's a kind of a positive influence for me. I've got many a bad ones, <laughs> but I'm sure, not going to name sure. those. But. Yeah, other than that, uh, that's it, really. I don't, I don't, I think it's kind of, it can be a bit dangerous to aspire to be like somebody else. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you judge yourself too much. I aspire, I, I think my leadership style is directed by the people that work with me. Uh, and I like them to be critical because I am just a person, you know, and I do things wrong. You know, I'm... I'm renowned for being a spade is a spade kind of person. And it's not about necessarily upsetting, but, you know, don't deliberately upset people. But sometimes, you know, my, my guys will come here and say, I didn't really like the way you said that. And I go, well, yeah. I said it because of this. Yeah. Really sorry if it upset you. I think that is how the, the people who work with you are, are the ones that should help you mould your leadership style. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's it's important. We have a, a saying, tell the kind truth. Like, you've got to be direct, tell the truth, but it's the delivery of it. If it's coming from the right place, you give me both barrels all day long. That's yeah. fine. Uh, it's important. It's important because they're the closest to you, aren't they? They see your mistakes. They see what you what you do well, what you don't do so well sometimes. It happens to us all. But I, I would agree. And, and so can you tell us what's happening over the next six, nine, 12 months? What's exciting? What's coming around the corner for you? Going on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well deserved, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one of the most difficult things I found was um, uh, running a business was was knowing what I was doing. I suppose it's a bit like um, like an addiction is identifying you've got no idea what you're doing because you feel like you're fluking it. And I had um, I had an interaction with the local boost scheme here in Lancashire who sent me uh, a mentor and the first thing that mentor asked me was where are you going in 12 months where are you going in three years and where are you going I haven't got a clue <laughs> <laughs> so only only in the last say 
12 months do I think I've got an idea as to where we're going it, it, it never turns out that way you know I think I know what I'm doing this afternoon but it will all go yeah. peak tongue and I'll, it'll not yeah. be it'll not be what I think I know that so to answer, to answer your question we've just moved into a brand new premises in uh, in our new building here so we've had it we've had it built for us um, yeah. so the next six months we'll see us settling our our, our operation here and then reevaluate what we're going to be doing um, in terms of our, our long-term business plan. Um, six to 12 months, we have a, a full calendar of vehicles coming through our workshops. So mm-hmm. we're already, um, we're already capacity. Well, not, we've got, we've got elements where we can put stuff in, but we're already yeah. up to capacity for up till at least August, n- nearly December of next year. So we'll still continue to grow. However much I'm, putting all my feet, hands and my whole body weight on the brake pedal will continue to grow. It's about kind of, um, I think the next six to 12 months are about just just taking a little bit, uh, adjusting to where we're at, you know, big mm-hmm. new premises, big move. Yeah. Just kind of sustain it a little bit, just kind of sit back a little bit, make sure we're all all right. And then our, our, we have we have some even bigger plans in, in in probably from a, in about three years from where we are Brilliant. and it'll be building up for that really amazing so a bit of consolidation and then off you go again powering on yeah yeah i just want to get some get rid of some of my gray air just kind of <laughs> chill out a little bit you know actually go on holiday just yeah we need to consolidate a little bit because we, we've uh, we've grown so quickly and just to make sure yeah, we know what we're doing is right but mm-hmm. it's just about double, you know, putting another underline onto it and going, right, boom. Let, yeah. You know, we've done this before. We've done this for four years. We've grown so much. This is what we're going to do in three years or five years. The next six or 12 months, we'll just make sure that we can consolidate. Yeah, right. Everything's okay. You know, the, the foundations of what we've set are right. Boom. Let's invest and go again. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I really enjoyed speaking with you, Phil. Thank you for making the time. It's been been great to speak with you. No, sorry. It's nice to get it off my chest. <laughs> <laughs> and Damien Lewis, I think, was the guy that you're talking That's about. That's him. That's Marita- the guy. Yes. Yeah. Maritella McCrory. Yes. Yes. I remember. Brilliant. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Brilliant speaking with you. Thank you for making the time. No problem. Thank you very much.